0: Yes, hey, God is so good. I am so thankful that you are here. You can go ahead and be seated. Thanks for being here. My name is Pastor Ryan, and it is so good to worship with you today. I'm Pastor Kerry and Chris's oldest son, and it really is an honor for me to be with you. I've grown up here at Woodlands Church, so it's so fun for me to be able to see so many familiar faces to worship with you. I know my parents are here supporting me. Thanks for doing that. My in-laws as well, and so many of my friends. So I just feel like I'm a part of this community, and I'm so honored to be with you. This Christmas, one of the gifts that I got from a friend was a Family Feud board game. So I got it out last week, and I began to play it with my six- and seven-year-old daughter and son. So me, my wife, my daughter, and son were playing this game, and we got to this question in the Family Feud board game on one of the cards. It said, Name a place where people like to gather, but no one wants to be there. And I looked around, and you guys, some of you are looking around right now, and, and, uh, and that's okay. Uh, and, and so I started to list off places like the DMV and the doctor's office. And then, of course, I pulled the card up and I looked at it and I said, Oh, well, the first answer is church. And my son Ben, who is seven, looks at me and goes, What? That makes no sense. There are people who like to go to church? I said, yeah, buddy, it's ridiculous. I don't get it. But I just love that answer because it showed how much he loves being here at Woodlands Church and how your kids love being here as well. And we're so thankful that we're able to bring our kids here and they don't just learn God's word, but they really enjoy God's word. And it's such a blessing to be able to have the opportunity And our kids. It really shows in them. Well, next weekend, Pastor Kerry is going to be starting a brand new series called New Day, New Way, and it's all about establishing new habits and setting up new habits for the new year, and you've got to invite a friend because it's going to be so good. I cannot wait. God's going to teach us so much in it, and what we're doing today is we're preparing for that message series next weekend by talking about renewing our minds. We're going to talk about how God wants to renew our minds today. This is a very personal topic for me because for most of my life, I've struggled with anxiety and negative thinking. Maybe some of you are sitting next to someone who is in the same boat. I don't know. Let me ask you this. Do you have a war in your mind, a battle between fear and faith? You feel strong one moment and insecure and afraid the next. Maybe you feel overwhelmed and stressed one day and feel like things will be going down, and the next day you feel like things are okay, but you're not sure. Things feel unsettled to you. Maybe you're looking back at the past, and you're filled with regret. Or maybe you're looking forward to the future, and you're filled with fear. Now, if that's you today, I want to let you know that you are not alone. Just because we're Christians doesn't mean we're exempt from struggling with our mental thought life, with our mental health. And we all have mental habits and hang-ups that we've developed from a lifetime of experiences that set up these things. And then can make it feel impossible to break out of negative thought patterns. I've spent a lot of time over the past few years researching how the brain works. And this is an area that science is finally beginning to catch up with the Bible in. Now, I do want to acknowledge that medicine and science have an important role to play when it comes to our mental health. However, as Christ followers, we cannot skip over biblical truth and expect science and medicine alone to fix us. We just can't. It's not the way we were designed. Jesus Christ is the ultimate physician. And the good news is that God's word is powerful, not just to help you, but to transform you, to change your thought life and renew your mind. And because his word is powerful, I would be honored if you'd stand with me for a few moments as we read this scripture together. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 4 and 5. You can be seated. Now, The author of this passage is the Apostle Paul, and Paul is one of the ultimate thought warriors. He knew how to take thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. Now, before we can begin to fight this battle, we have to understand what is at stake. That's why the first thing I need you to realize, and I want to show you, is that in order for God to transform your thought life, is you must recognize that your mind is a battlefield. That's point one. My mind is a battlefield. Now, The most common battleground of spiritual warfare for many of us is between our ears. Satan knows that if he can change your thinking, if he can get you locked in an unhealthy thought pattern, then he can immobilize you and keep you from experiencing the life that God has for you, the life that God has designed for you. And you see, your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And you have to pay attention to where your thoughts are coming from because they will dictate the direction of your life. The devil, our spiritual enemy, wants to attack your mind. He wants to create strongholds in your mind. He wants to build up fortresses fortresses of lies. And he wants you to believe something that's untrue or half true. If he can get you to believe that, then he's winning. And he wants to lead you away from God's healing for your life. And he wants to lead you down a road that will lead to destruction. The devil works very, very hard to shape our thinking. He does this for all of us. One lie at a time until we're prisoners of deception. Now, if your strongest thoughts dictate the direction of your life and your strongest thoughts are lies, then let me ask you, what happens to your strongest thoughts? They become strongholds. So what are the strongholds that are being built up in your mind? A stronghold is what gets built when you believed a life for so long that you can't see another way out. You don't see anything different than your reality, which you've created or you've allowed Satan to create in your mind you let the enemy get a very secure hold on an area of your thinking that feels impossible to change. So let me ask you, what lies is the devil telling you today? What strongholds is he building up in your mind? You can't trust people. You'll never be good enough. You'll never succeed. You're always going to be broke. You're never going to have a good marriage. You don't have what it takes. God doesn't care about you. You're never going to make a difference. These are some common lies that Satan gives all of us at different times in our lives. And many Christians today are losing the war in their mind because they've allowed Satan to build a very secure stronghold and they cannot break free from it. Proverbs 23 verse seven says it this way. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. The life we have is often a reflection of the thoughts that we think. Who we think determines who we become. In other words, if you tend to think, I can't do something, I'll never be able to do that. I don't have what it takes. Well, if you think you can't, you probably won't. But if you think you can by the grace of God and you can rely on his power, and if you dwell on his ability instead of your own problems, then you can break through to something different, a different thought pattern. If you think that the world is bad, it's getting worse, then your thoughts are going to overwhelm you. They always will. But if instead you look for solutions in God's word and if you believe that through faith and prayer you can make progress, then you will likely begin to see faith rise up in you. If you always feel like you're a victim, you will stay a victim and you will probably always feel that way. In so many cases, the life we have is reflection of the thoughts that we think. And so today, what I want to encourage you to do is think about what you're thinking about. Take a moment to pause and reflect on your own thought life. I want you to pause and reflect and try to find the biggest lie in your life that you believe today. I want you to write it down in your notes. The lie I believe is blank. What is the lie that Satan has told you that the enemy or the world has convinced you and you have bought into his truth? Maybe the lie you believe is that you'll never recover from sickness. The lie I believe is that God doesn't care about me. The lie I believe is I'll never get out of debt. The lie I believe is I'm not worthy of love. Now, If you need some help identifying the lie and figuring out what the lie is in your life, what I encourage you to do is look at some of your negative thinking, your most critical self-talk. When do you beat yourself up the most? When do you become most critical about yourself or the people right around you? If you look closer at that behavior, you will likely begin to uncover the biggest lie in your life. I want you to take some time to really think about it and then write it down because as soon as you write the lie down, it begins to lose some of its power. Now, once you've recognized there's a battle for your mind and you're aware of the battle, that's a huge step of victory. But the next thing I want to show you and what Paul shows us is that through Christ, change is possible. Christ has both the desire and the ability to demolish the strongholds in our life and bring us to renewal, bring us to new life, bring us to hope. So that's the second point that I want you to see is that Christ wants to renew my mind Christ desires to renew your mind. If your strongest thoughts dictate the direction of your life, let me ask you, do you like the direction that your life is moving? Do you like the direction your mind is taking you? It was in February of this last year that I experienced one of the most anxiety-filled seasons of my own life. On the night before Russia's invasion of Ukraine, I watched the news really closely to see what was happening. In the days and weeks following that event, I continued to pray for the people of Ukraine, just as many of you did. After a few days of fixating on the news and checking the news, my specific anxiety morphed into something very unhealthy. A few weeks after that, I was in a bad car accident, and even though I wasn't at fault and no one was injured, my car had been totaled and I was still badly shaken up. I began to fixate on international conflict, think about worst-case scenarios for the economy, and my general outlook on life became very bleak as I allowed my thoughts to go unchecked and continue to dwell on the negative aspects of life that I was seeing. Now, I want to make it clear, I'm not trying to comment on the nature of wars, break the future, or downplay the seriousness of the issues that we face. However, I allowed those things and those negative thoughts to permeate my mind. I allowed those strongholds to be built for months. There were days I wouldn't eat, and there were times that I wasn't able to enjoy time with my family, my wife, or my kids, because I felt like it was my job to check the news and see what was going on. I was in a very dark place in my mind, and I did not see a way out of it. I couldn't see any other reality. Psychologists used to believe that after childhood, it became almost impossible for someone to change their brain, for the way the brain works to change. However, what psychology now says is much more in line with what the Bible has always said for thousands of years, which is that the brain can change based on what we think about. based on what we focus on. This holds true for both negative and positive thinking. Now this came as a big surprise for me at first because it's changed the way that I view my thought life and it's really made me think about what I'm thinking about. Your negative thoughts are actually changing the chemical makeup of your brain. Every thought you have creates a neurochemical change. When you think a positive thought, you get a surge of that rewarding neurotransmitter that we are familiar with called dopamine. If someone likes an Instagram post that you did and comments on something that you did and they like it, you get a little bit of dopamine. If someone says like what you're wearing or what you've done recently, you get some dopamine. And what's interesting is every time this happens, a new neural connection continues to strengthen. Science tells us that once you think a thought, it's easier to think that thought again. The connection gets strengthened. Once you think a thought, your neural pathway in in your brain is being built up. And we have billions of neural pathways in our brains. The more often you think a thought, the stronger the connection forms, whether it's negative or positive. And the more you think that thought, the good thing is the easier it is to think that thought again. Again, this is true for both negative and positive thinking. And here's the kicker. If you believe a lie for long enough, you will begin to be impacted by that lie as if it were truth because you've thought on it and dwelled on it for so long. You will get stuck in a rut. The last time that I went to the zoo, there was an enclosure with a cheetah and this cheetah continued to wear down the grass and made a path in the same route that it kept going over and over and over again and it did not deviate from this dirt path that it had made in this enclosure. If for 100 days straight I think on a lie, I start to believe the lie, and I create a neural pathway in my brain. I continue to walk that path over and over again. But with God's help, what we're going to do is we're going to renew our minds. And if I stay off that path, what happens? If I stay off that path for 100 days, What will happen? The grass will grow back. There's more resistance. It's harder for me to walk that same negative path again, and I forge a new pathway in my brain towards the truth, and the truth will ultimately set me free. The Bible says that strongholds need to be demolished, but a stronghold has to be demolished one step at a time. You have to take it one step at a time, step by step by step. This is godly, and it's science, because God created science. In Romans 12, verse two, Paul says it this way. Again, the ultimate thought warrior. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Turn to your neighbor right now and tell them God is renewing your mind. I wanna hear it, come on. In the chat, God is renewing my mind. We gotta start proclaiming life over ourselves. Let's hear it, that's it, yeah. Hey, God is renewing your mind even now. He continues to strengthen the neural pathways that are healthy. And what we're doing today is we're getting our minds right. We're staying off that destructive old path that we've built up and we're forming new paths of truth. Now, I don't know how this will play out in your life, but maybe your path is this. It's been a stressful long day at work and then it's been crazy at home and you come home and your old path says, yell at your spouse. And what you do is you stay off that old path. And instead, you say a prayer and you count to three or 10 or maybe 100 in your case, <laughs> right? And you do that and you wait. And, you, and, you, and instead of going along that same path you've done over and over again, you form a new path. And you walk up to your spouse and you say, I'm sorry, it's been a long day. And you give her a hug or him a hug. And you change the tone of the day by changing the path. Or maybe your path is financial anxiety, And every time your bank account or your stock portfolio takes a hit, you become fearful about the future. And so your new path is you set up time limits on your phone and you allow your friend or your spouse to password protect certain parts of your phone that you can't get to so easily. Maybe you even delete some of the social media or news apps that are causing you to be anxious or stressful and maybe replace that with something more productive. I know that's a crazy thought for me. Whatever the biggest lie is, I promise you, that if you look a little bit closer, you will find habits, mental ruts that you've developed over time that you were not even aware of and you've been running them on autopilot because you weren't even thinking about it. Now, there's another important aspect of allowing God to renew my mind that I wanna emphasize here. And it's this, and it's very important. Many of my thoughts cannot be trusted. Every day, we have thousands of thoughts. Most of the thoughts you have are going to be neutral. Some of them are going to be positive, And still, others will be unproductive and unhealthy thoughts that come into your mind. When I began to fixate on negative events and my thinking turned to doom and gloom, what I had really begun to do was trust my own thinking and the lies of the enemy over God's truth. After months of worrying and feeling overwhelmed, I had finally just decided to call my dad and say, Can I just talk to you, Dad? I I want to talk to you about how I'm feeling. I can't get out of this. As someone who's grown up in church, I know some good Bible verses. And I trust that God loves me, I really do. But I needed someone with outside perspective and my dad always provides great insight and great wisdom. I mean, who wouldn't want Pastor Kerry on Speed Dial, right? It's a great resource. And so my parents are great sources of godly wisdom. I went to my dad and while talking with him, he reminded me that even the most mature Christians experience doubts, anxieties, and fears. He challenged me to start being more aware of where my thoughts were coming from. See, those people who are more mature in their faith don't necessarily not struggle with anxiety or fears or worries. They still have those negative thoughts come into their minds. However, what they've learned to do is they've made those unhealthy thoughts obedient to Christ. They allow the thought to pass, but they don't hold on to it. They don't internalize it. In our self-centered culture, though, what we're taught to do is trust ourselves and what we feel. We're told to own our truth, right? But God's word says the exact opposite in Isaiah 55 verses 8 and 9. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Hey, if you want a recipe for anxiety, for worry, for stress, it's really simple. Just live like the world lives. Treat every thought and emotion as if it's an undeniable truth. Trust your own distorted thinking over God's word. That is a path that is sure to lead to destruction. But if you want a life that is abundant and joyful, if you want the life that God promises in his word, then you need to start being more critical about your thinking. Start trying to identify where a thought came from and see if it lines up with God's word. If it doesn't line up with God's word, his ultimate truth, then you take it captive and you make it obedient to Christ. But if you come across a thought that is, from God, whether it's in his word or from a godly person that you know, then what you do is you meditate on it over and over again and you internalize it until it becomes your truth, which is why the last and most important thing I wanna leave you with and emphasize here is that you must meditate on God's word daily. That's point three. My growth requires daily meditation on his truth. Now, studies have shown that it's not possible to erase a thought. For example, if I tell you to stop thinking, don't think about pink elephants, well, what are you thinking about right now? Pink elephants, right? The harder you try to stop a thought, the harder it is to actually stop it and the more you dwell on it. Now, some of you may be able to interrupt your thinking for a few moments and not think about pink elephants, but usually that's a temporary stop. To truly experience change and transformation, what both science and God's word says is that you cannot just erase a thought. You must replace the thought. I can't erase a thought. I have to replace a thought. And what do we have to replace the lies of the enemy with? With truth, with his word. It's the only source of truth. Our source of truth cannot be found on social media. It cannot be found in the news, and it cannot be found in our own thinking. As followers of Jesus, the Bible must be our source of truth. In John 8, 32, Jesus said this, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth is what sets us free. The devil's lies keep us in spiritual bondage, but the truth found in his word will set you free every time. We are not prisoners of our thoughts. We are spiritual warriors who have the truth of God on our side. And we use that truth to take captive every thought, just as Paul tells us. In Ephesians, Paul again goes on to describe the full armor of God. In Ephesians, he talks about how we have the belt of truth. We have the breastplate of righteousness. He talks about defensive tools that we have for protection. What is the one tool that he talks about that is the offensive weapon we have to attack the enemy with? It's his word. That's right. Yeah, it's the spirit of word. It's the spirit of the sword, the sword of the spirit. It's the sword of the Spirit, and it's alive in God's Word. That's right. And so, you know, we take that sword of the Spirit, and then in Hebrews 4.12, it describes this. For the Word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. We take God's Word, and we use it as a weapon, Continue to use it as a weapon to attack the lies. We have a powerful weapon on our side. We have his truth. His powerful living word is what cuts away the lies of the enemy and sets us free. So let me ask you again. What is the stronghold that has been built up in your mind, that you've allowed the enemy to get a secure a secure hold on your thinking? What area is that? What area of your mind is God, is, is the Satan robbing you of intimacy? Is he just keeping you from experiencing God's best, what is the area, what is the lie that you're holding on to? My biggest lie, the one that I've battled with for much of my life, is that I don't belong. I don't belong in my amazing family, and I definitely don't belong up here on stage in front of you amazing people. I'm a fraud, and everyone I know will eventually find out and give up on me. Now, we all have a lie that we believe. What makes my lie so dangerous, and Satan always does this, is that there is some truth tied up in the lie— Think about it. I don't deserve most of what I have, and I don't have what it takes in my own power to show up for the church or to show up for my family. I just don't because of my sinful nature. But thankfully, I can rely on a power greater than me. Jesus said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse nine, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. So my lie is I don't belong, and the truth that I meditate on over and over again this week and even before then is 2 Corinthians 12, verse nine. My grace is sufficient for you, Ryan. My power is made perfect in your weakness. Maybe the lie that you believe is that it's your job to worry. And so you have to worry about the future. You have to worry about what's going on in the world. And you replace that lie with this truth, with John 14, verse 27. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. John 14, 27, a promise of Jesus. So you hold on to that and you say the gift that God has given me is peace and I won't be fearful or afraid because of my confidence in him. And you personalize that promise as well. Or maybe the lie that you believe is you're not enough and you never will be. So the truth you replace your lie with is 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. And you personalize that and you say, God has given me the time I need to accomplish what I need to accomplish. He's given me the resources I need to take on the challenges I face today. He's living word in me is giving me the strength to accomplish what I need to do in him. Now, maybe your lie is you're just not attractive enough. And if you look different, then you'd be happy. And so you choose to attack that stronghold in your mind by meditating over and over again on Psalm 139, verse 14, a beautiful verse. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. Whatever your lie is, I want you to identify it. And then I want you to take it captive using the most powerful weapon that you have available to you. His living word, cutting through soul and spirit. His living word is what will set you free. What I'd like to do is encourage you to make one of these verses the lock screen on your phone. That way when you uh, are going throughout your day and you pull up your phone, you see the verse and you meditate on it over and over again. Here's a verse of truth that you can use to break down almost any stronghold, and I've been meditating on for years, and I encourage you to try as well. It's a very good verse. 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. And every time you start to experience doubts or start to beat yourself up this week, what you're going to do is you're going to take a breath, and then you're going to say, You're going to recite this verse. You're going to say, for God has not given me a spirit of timidity. He's given me a spirit of love and power and self-discipline, and I can take on the challenges I face because God is with me. And you're going to meditate on it over and over again. Our team has made some really beautiful scripture lock screens, including that one, that you can download by going to wc.org forward slash renew, or you can get them in the Woodlands Church app if you have the app. But what I want you to do, whatever your verse is, make sure you choose one, you hold on to it, you meditate on it over and over again, and you choose one that is going to to directly combat the lie that you believe today. Now, after I pray in a moment, I want to close out the message in worship again. We love to worship together. And the reason is because when we sing, we engage the right side of our brains, the creative hemisphere of our brains. And again, Science agrees with the Bible. This is no surprise, because when the creative part of our brain is engaged, it makes it very hard to think negative thoughts, and it builds resiliency and more positive neural pathways in our mind. This is a truth and a tool that God has given us, we've done it for thousands of years as Christ followers, because his truth sets us free, and God knows what is best for us because he designed us. After I met with my dad that day in March, I began to meditate on God's word not out of obligation, but out of necessity. I realized that I was powerless to change. I felt like I couldn't make any differences, and I had believed the lie for so long, I couldn't break out of it. So every day, whether I felt like it or not, I would get on my knees, and I would meditate and pray over some of these promises that I had found in God's word. And even though I was having a hard time believing a lot of these promises in my head, I knew in my heart they were true and I meditated on them over and over again. And God continues to renew my mind and he continues to heal me. It's a process, but God wants to renew your mind and he wants to bring new life. Before we worship together, I wanna pray over you the same prayer that I prayed during most of 2022 as I fought to have God renew my mind and I asked him to bring healing and, and renewal to my heart and mind. It's brought comfort to me and I hope that it comforts you as well. Lord, I live in a broken world It's so easy for my mind to drift to unhealthy, negative places. Lord, you want more for me. You want better for me. Your ways are not my ways, Lord. Your ways are higher than my ways. Jesus Christ, please invade my thinking, invade my heart, my soul, and my mind. Renew my mind, Lord. Make my thoughts, make my heart, make my mind like your thoughts, Lord. Renew me with your truth. I want to live in your presence and your direction. In your name I pray, amen. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's been so good speaking with you, being able to spend time with you. Don't forget next weekend. Thank you guys. I appreciate that. That's so kind. Don't forget next weekend, Pastor Kerry is with us and he is going to be starting the new series, New Day, New Way. It's gonna be powerful. You're gonna wanna invite a friend. Now let's continue to stand and worship him together as we experience renewal. Hey church.